Holy, holy is the Lord. Is that not ironic? Again, good morning, Peninsula Hope Church. And for our visitors, I see we have a couple here today. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, for those out in the Zoom world, uh, I know, as I said earlier, I invited some friends and family. Uh, I was hoping I'd come up here and not be like a deer in headlights and just, you know, just get blank on you. So hopefully that won't happen. And as I carry on, things will come out smooth because I am being led by the Holy Spirit. Again, good morning. I hope you all had a happy Christmas, gathered with friends and family. I know I spent the night with the Tagasugis. It was a great time of fellowshipping and food. So thank you, Jerry and Carol. Um, again, I hope the rest of you had a, just a great time with family. Um, today's sermon, I'm going to be talking about temptation and how to overcome it. But before I do, let me uh, let's pray. Let me before I start this sermon. Dear Heavenly Father, again, thank you for today. Thank you for this hour. We are so blessed, Lord, that we have a God such as yourself that is unfailing in his love, his mercy, and grace for us. We ask, Lord, today, Lord, I ask that you would speak through me, be with the AV team. Again, be with me as I deliver your message, not my message, but your message. And may they go upon open hearts and minds. And as we leave this place, may we take what is being said here and take it out into the world. So as I always said, may as we are being blessed, may we also be a blessing for others. Again, I just give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Again, my sermon today, or message, I, don't know, I get a little funny when I say sermon because I feel like that's something a pastor would say. I'm not a pastor, I'm just sitting in for... Pastor Andrew and Pastor Emily, who, by the way, are in Colorado, uh, spending time with uh, his dad. Uh, supposed to be a little bit of R&R, but again, spending time with the dad who's not, not uh, doing well. So again, I would ask that you keep them in our prayers. But again, I was actually gonna, joking around with, uh, I told you I spent last night with Carol and Jerry, and I was kidding around with Jerry and Carol, and I said, listen, you know what, I'm going to do something different today with the sermon. I'm going to have a Q&A. So halfway or a third of the way through my sermon, I'm going to stop and go, okay, Q&A time. Now Carol told me what would probably happen is I would not only lose you, but I would lose the audience in Zoom. So I said, okay, man, you probably make a good point. So I forfeited that idea. So again, but before I get started, let me uh, start with a little story about temptation and how that affected me. I was driving down 101 a little while ago with my wife. I was in the fast lane. And the guy in front of me kind of slowed down, so I slowed down. Well, I see in my rearview mirror, this car just coming up on me real fast, got right behind me. So now I'm pumping on my brakes to kind of, hey, you know, hey, slow down. Right? I'm not sure if said person, as I found out later, was a, was a female. Enjoyed that because as I did that, she came around me. And as she came around me, I looked at her and she looked at me and she was giving me all kinds of signals, you know. Uh, and she was quite furious. So I go, okay, I'll, I'll let that one slide. I'm just, but then what she did, 
She pulled in front of me. Now, she got my attention. And we're talking about temptation. And I definitely was tempted at that time. My anger started to get a little best of me. And I said, oh, okay. You want to play that game? So I tried to go around her. Well, when I did that, she cut me off. I go, <laughs> now temptation is really setting in. I'm actually furious. Well, this went on for a couple miles. Luckily for me, I had my wife beside me. Because between her and, about, like I said, a couple miles down the road, the Holy Spirit kind of knocking me up alongside the head. I came to my senses. I go, what am I doing? Here I am, a Christian man. I got the Holy Spirit in me. What am I doing? And of course, my wife asked me the same question. Uh, I said, wow. And there, right then and there, I realized that God was giving me an opportunity. I can prolong this escapade and make it worse. And who knows? Because we, we were doing some crazy stuff. And who knows what would have happened if I prolonged this escapade, as I said. But I came to my senses again, and I said, no, no, no. And God, with his grace and mercy, said, I'll help you. And he consumed me. He overcame me. Long story short is it de-escalated. She went her way. I went my way. And I just said, and I just, I felt this calm. But again, the reason why I say this is temptation. Temptation is quick. And it comes up all of a sudden. What do we do in those moments of being tempted? You can see I didn't handle it real good at first. But luckily, I think because I do have the Holy Spirit in me, I came to my senses sooner than later. It could have been a little bit sooner, but it did come to me. Again, my sermon or my message today, again, I'm talking about temptation and how to overcome it. I'm going to be going over 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it goes like this. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to break that down into three parts. The first part being, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Again, I'm going to do, and Pastor Andrew taught me this, the 5W plan. So that is who, what, where, when, and why. As I go through these Parts, I'll be using one of those W's, if not two, maybe three. So again, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Now you would ask who? Well, people in general, you and I. No one is immune to temptation. Charles Swindell says it best, a renowned pastor and author. He says this. 
No one is immune to temptation. Not even a hero. Not even a nobody. Not even people like you and me. Lust is never very far away. And just when you least expect it, there it is again. Again, we are all susceptible to temptation. Do not fool yourself and say, oh, and, and, I, and I've seen Christians out, no, I got God in my life, which is true. I, I won't be tempted. Don't fool yourself because it's the devil's ploy. And I always say the devil's like a roaring lion. He's waiting to pounce on us. So if we ever have that thought that we are beyond temptation, we're just fooling ourselves. So then I ask yourself, or I ask you as well as myself, what is temptation? Temptation is something you want to have or to do, even though you shouldn't. I compare it to like that bag of peanut butter cups on top of the fridge, and me, being on a diet, no good. Or how about those cool sneakers that you really can't afford? Again, forms of temptation. What about money? Pride, sex. There are three sources of temptation. One, the world. Which goes like this, indifference and opposition, well, I had a hard time with that word, opposition to God's design. Two, flesh. Gluttony and sexual immorality are corrupt inclinations, disordered passions. And three, somebody that we're all too familiar with, or I hope we are, the devil. Satan, a real personal enemy, a fallen angel, father of lies, who labors in relentless malice to twist us away from salvation. I emphasize the devil, Satan, because again, he's like a roaring lion waiting to pounce on us. I like what they say about this. He's an enemy of God. He was a renowned angel, fallen, but now his job is one thing to do is to make us all stumble, to make us all fall, to get us on his side. So again, Satan, he's a real person, a real thing. So then you ask yourself, why? Well, as I talked about Satan, this is Satan's way of keeping us separated from God. This is a battle between flesh and spirit. Again, we, my experience, should I say, is that I don't think we realize just how real this battle between flesh and spirit is. It's real, people. We have the spirit, but we're also flesh. And without God, we will succumb to the flesh every time. And Satan is our biggest enemy to do that. Which now takes me to my second point, second part, which is, and God is faithful. 
He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Again, we ask, who? Well, God. God is faithful. Then we ask, oh, I ask, how else or other ways is God faithful? Well, his love for us. And I'll quote one of the famous verses I think almost everybody knows. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave us his one and only begotten Son. For whoever believes this shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Two, he will never leave us. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave nor forsake you. Third and final verse. One of my favorites. Joanne, you know this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will keep your paths straight. Again, God is faithful. God is love. God will never leave nor forsake us. He will keep our path straight. Again, I would encourage us. Those are all true, but we need to have our relationship or a deeper relationship with God so all those things can come, come to full, full fruition. So what, you say? Well, with God, who is faithful, he will help us overcome temptation, keeping us from succumbing to temptation. A couple of examples are there is nobody, or some warnings, there is nobody or beautiful or charming that you would want to cheat on your wife or husband with. The second point here is there is nothing so valuable that you would want to steal it. So again, with God, who is faithful, he will keep you or prevent you or help you from falling into those types of temptations. And again, people, we're all immune to these things, Christians or not. So you ask yourself, why? Well, God being faithful means this. God is keeping his promises. One definition of faithfulness is this. The fact or quality of being true to one's word or commitments as to one, as to what one has pledged to do. The Bible is filled with 50 plus promises. Starting with oh, one of those promises, and I'll say a couple here. One is from Isaiah 26.3. He will keep you or he will keep you in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast 
because they trust in you. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, temptations. But take heart. I have overcome the world. To again, going back to part of 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Which leads me into my third and final part. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. What are some ways that God is providing a way out? God, through his Holy Spirit, will help you with your thoughts. He might even have somebody, which happened to me, so this is true, call you at just the right time. But now, this is the key. What are the ways are we, when we are tempted, what are, the, what are we doing to take those, what, taking that way out that God is providing? What are some keys that can help us in doing so? One, prayer. Communicating with God every day. A lot of times I think we get, ca we get caught up in prayer. That means, okay, our Father who art in heaven, great prayer. Just prayer is a way of talking. Just like when you talk to your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your friend. It's a way to communicate. What better way to get to know somebody than communication? I know I've been married for 16 years. If I didn't communicate with my wife, that would be a sorry state of affair. But again, it helps. Communicating. God loves it when we communicate with him. He wants that. He's our heavenly father. Just like every father with their son or daughter, I hope in most cases they want their sons and daughters to communicate with them. Our Heavenly Father wants the same thing. Spend time with Him daily. Two, read the Bible. As I said, the Bible is filled with 50 plus promises, but if we do not know what those promises are, what good are they? How we know what those promises are? Again, I encourage you, read the Bible. It's God's love letter to us. It's his promises. Promises good as gold. There is not one promise in Scripture that God will not keep. But we need to know what those promises are. Amen? See, accountability and fellowshipping with other brothers and sisters. I have a couple of accountability partners and it's a great thing. We can talk about things that we probably wouldn't normally talk with other people. But it's being vulnerable to one another, being transparent with one another, talking about those things so that the sin or the whatever's festering up in us that's not healthy, we can get it out. Talk about each other. Or with each other. We can pray over each other. Fellowshipping with fellow brothers and sisters. 
to uplift and encourage. The Bible says it, and I'm paraphrasing. We as brothers and sisters uplift and encourage one another. So those three things, let me go over them again. Prayer. Read the Bible and get to know the Bible. And have, get yourself an accountability partner in fellowship. And I should mention this, healthy brothers and sisters in Christ. So then uh, you would say, why? What do we do this? Well, let me end this. Well, I won't end it. I got to conclude. But let me tell you a little personal story. Excuse me, because I will read this verbatim, because if I don't, I will butcher this. So I was told to see a person, but after a long, not too long after I start this story, you'll know who I'm talking about. I've been out of jail for about a year. I knew I had anger issues. So I started taking anger management classes. Yes, I said classes. I was taking, I volunteered to take two classes a week. Did that for about a year and a half. And anger management is great. They teach you tools, good tools. How to use them and when to use them. But this one particular day, and this is, I would say, Oh, a couple months before I actually started coming here, started going to small groups, right? But I found myself one day going to work. I was angry and sad because I was thinking of my ex-girlfriend. Not a good idea because you remember ex. That means no longer. Shouldn't be really be thinking about it because I don't know if you've ever gone through breakups. It's not real healthy. Leaves you in a state of mind that's, again, not healthy. And the thought came to me, and I said, I'm on my way to work. The thought came to me, let's do a drive-by. Second bad idea. And I knew we should live. And there were two ways to work. And each way wouldn't take a whole lot of time this way to go by the drive-by and just go straight. They'll take about the same amount of time. Now, I knew it wasn't a good idea because of anger management teaching me the good tools, how to use them, when to use them. But I've foregone all those good tools, how to use them, when to use them. And I found myself going straight to a house. <laughs> Again, not a good idea. Okay, that's bad enough. But as I was heading for her place, and to make matters worse, as I was approaching the house, her new boyfriend appeared. Hmm, again, not a good situation. Especially with me, at that time, being a little hot-tempered. And again, I had two choices. Again, anger management teach me what to do, how to do at that particular time. I could keep going 
to avoid a potential confrontation. Or, and this is another bad idea, introduce myself. Not a good idea, especially in my state of mind. I chose to introduce myself. Again, definitely not a good idea. Of course, there was a confrontation, which, and I won't tell you exactly what happened, but there was a confrontation. Didn't turn out well for him. I thought, oh, I showed you, didn't I? But the consequences for that choice was 30 days in jail and two more years of probation. Now let me clarify that a little bit. I was already, I was one month away after having spent five years on probation and probation. And I can look around the, you probably, I don't know if anybody knows what probation is or parole. It's not fun. You have no rights. They can come in your house at any time. They can pull you over, search you. You have no rights. So five years, I was one month away. I go, oh, yes. No. Because of bad choice. 30 days in jail. I'm not going to say it was easy, but that's not what bothered me. The two years of probation. Again, bad choice ultimate consequence. Now, I tell you the story because I truly believe if I had the three things I mentioned before, prayer, knowledge of scripture, and accountability and fellowship with other brothers and sisters, I would not have only seen the different way, different ways that God was providing a way out, but actually would have taken them. Again, at that time, because you guys, I think, for the most part know I'm a drug alcoholic. I've been clean and sober, what, 22 years now? Two years of my sobriety, after I got sober, I thought I had willpower. Now I'm not influenced by drugs or alcohol. I can overcome anything because I got, I got willpower. Foolish thought. And through this thing, through this moment, through this situation, I think God knew what he was doing because he, he had to, for me, put me in a situation like this to get my attention. That I had no willpower. Without God, all we are are susceptible to the ways of the world. I found that out the hard way. Well, it could have been worse, but found out enough. I got a good enough taste to figure it out. When I got out of my 30 days and luckily I had a good support group who rededicated my life to God. And it's been the best thing I've done ever since. But it's still a continual effort, a continual growth on my part. As you've seen, this, as I told you at the beginning, the story about driving down the freeway. Temptation can come at you out of the blue all of a sudden. What are we doing when we are tempted? Again, I go back to the, the verse 
1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. So again, it's all common. We're all susceptible to it. Whether you believe or not, we're all susceptible. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, and this is the key, he shall also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. The key is, and I go back to prayer, reading the Bible, accountability, is that God is faithful. He will show us a way out. But are we, one, seeing that way out and also taking that way out? I truly believe without those three things I mentioned, you might see it if you do. But if you see it, you're probably not going to take it. So again, I encourage you all to communicate with God, spend time with God. Get to know Scripture. Familiar yourself with His promises. Have accountability partners. Come here to church, enjoy fellowship. I think we got a good, pretty good group of people. I'm looking at some right now. I enjoy my fellowship with all of you. I may not agree with you all, all the time, but I enjoy my fellowship with you. <laughs> I see people laughing. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Again, I encourage you. I even challenge you, if you haven't already, spend time with God, as I said, read the Bible. Get yourself an accountability partner. So that you will not give in to temptation, which leads to sin, by the way. I was going to say my sermon was going to be temptation and sin, but temptation, which does lead to sin. But that you will see and take that which God has provided as a way out. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time for this moment. I hope and pray, Lord, that those words that you spoke through me will touch open hearts, open minds. Lord, you are faithful and that you will not allow temptation to become so strong that we will succumb to it. But when we are tempted, you will show us a way out. I pray and hope that everyone in here and everyone listening will not only See those ways, but take those ways out. Because God, you are faithful. You are love. You will never leave nor forsake us. You love us, God. And I hope we can love you back. Again, I give you thanks and praise for this day. For this moment. In Jesus' name. Amen.